Hi, everybody, and welcome to Podcast of the Planet of the Apes. Today's episode is... Episode 14, Planet of the Apes, 2001. Hi, everybody. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We've got two segments today, both talking about Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Our two guests today, our first guest is going to be my father, uh, Frank Falkenhainer. And our second guest today will be... Uh, that's going to be my dad, Thomas Kovac. Right, who does not share the same last name as you. No, no. Yeah, he's sounds, yeah. sounds around our age. Yeah, no, he was he, yeah really young, young papa. Young Papa. <laughs> Wonderful. So these two segments are going to go right after one another, and uh, we'll play a little sound effect in between. the. So that way you guys know when we go into our second segment. Uh, but thank you so much for listening, and enjoy. Hey, Joe. Hey, Andrew. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm pretty good. Yeah? Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you know. Got some cool, cool news for the podcast, yep. actually, that What's I forgot news? to share with you. Uh, as awesome. a late birthday gift, uh, one of my friends actually bought me a web camera. So, we a may web be... A web camera? Yeah, a web camera. Okay. Um. Yeah, so we might be able to enhance our podcast a little bit by both having cameras on that way we can actually see each other while we record i don't know if i'm ready for that type of relationship yet joe oh i mean sure okay <laughs> um yeah so this week we are uh discussing tim burton's 2001 reboot of the planet of the apes franchise um sure uh and this week we do have a special guest as well uh, this gentleman needs no further introduction. My father, Frank Falkenhainer. Hello there, everybody. Uh, Frank, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with Planet of the Apes? Uh, well, I have a rather long history with Planet of the Apes since I was a kid when the original movies came out uh, and did enjoy uh, at least the first one with Joel Edgerton. Um And then later, when you were a youngster, Andrew, uh, we did go see the current movie you're speaking about, uh, Planet of the Apes, Tim Burton's remake, if that's such a thing. Tell me that story again, Papa. As you may recall, um, I didn't really enjoy the first time we saw the film. Uh, well, I, I enjoyed myself. I just didn't enjoy the film because I was asleep. This time I and this was, was in the movie theater. In the theater, yes. yes. Was, as I recall, it was a lovely night. We went to the movies a lot when I was a child, and um, you fell asleep a lot. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of kids' movies. He's saying that with quotation marks with his fingers, Joe. Ah, yeah, for all the listeners at home, yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, this isn't on TV? Nope. Oh, God. Um, no, no, no. Uh, radio. It's that thing that was invented when you were a child. Transistor? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah. So um, what what specifically do you remember about the original film? Well, that Marky Mark was oh the original original the original original. Film. <laughs> I remember Charlton Heston and the Statue of Liberty. That's it. Just the ending. Pretty much. Okay. And Soylent Green. That's a different oh, film. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Didn't he part the sea? Nope, that's also a different movie. Close, though. Joe, what's your history with Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes? So Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes was the first Planet of the Apes movie I ever saw. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Hey, hey, watch out. I'm very excited that we watched this movie. Um, And we'll get into that. But yeah, that was one of the first Planet of the Apes movies I've ever seen. I saw it with my best friend. And... uh, yeah, I remember like really loving this movie as a kid, and uh, can't say that I really love it now, but okay, I enjoyed myself. <laughs> really, I did. I actually really enjoyed myself rewatching it. Like I said, we'll get into it. We'll get there. Okay, sure, sure. I'm not sure the expression "enjoyed myself" is appropriate for this. That's just my opinion. I mean, you could be masochistic. <laughs> so, uh, as my father recalls, I do remember seeing this in the theaters. I do remember being kind of bored in the theaters by this movie as well. Did you nap? I did not nap. I, I don't think I've ever fallen asleep in a movie theater. I don't think I could do that. I have. You have? Uh-huh. For what? Like three times, actually. True. I fell asleep once, but it was at a midnight showing, and it was like day three of New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah, three times for me I fell asleep in a movie. All right, name all three. Uh, so the first time I ever fell asleep in the movie was my third time seeing Lord of the Rings, but it was at like one in the morning. Which one? The first one. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was like at one in the morning, and I was exhausted. And I think I had worked the entire day, too, actually. <laughs> um. And then I actually fell asleep during Coraline. But that was also at one of them. This is like the trend. That's the one I fell asleep. At. Yeah, I went to see. Were we at the same one. I went in college. Yeah, we were both in college. It was during New York Comic Con. I don't think we went to the same. Did you go in the city? Because I went in White Plains. No, I went in, in the one in White Plains. We might have been at the same one. Oh my God, Joe! Did you go to? Did you go to purchase? Oh uh, yeah, I did. Holy shit! Yeah, can't believe that. Oh, wow. Yeah, small world. Small world. Uh, third one, I actually do not remember at this point, though. I don't recall, but I know that there was a third one. Okay. Um, Father, what is the best sleep you've ever had at a movie? Without doubt, the best sleep I've ever had in a movie theater was Dick Tracy. Wow. Oh, my God, that was fantastic. <laughs> away. Oh, my God, that was fantastic. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you one, Joe, that'll break your heart. Yeah. Batman Returns. Is that the one with Danny DeVito? Yep. Oh, nice. <laughs> Ninja a... Turtles? Did you fall asleep during Ninja I Turtles? Okay. Mostly. Yeah, that, that does break my heart about, about Batman, because that, that's, yeah. a, that's a great movie. Yeah, I agree. He's making faces. Danny DeVito's performance in that was uh, as good as Madonna's performance in Dick Tracy. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's hot, takes. hot takes. And I'm, be- and I'm being kind. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I think we should get into... I know how this episode's going to go now. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, so we should probably get into uh, Burton's Planet of the Apes. Joe, do you have any last you words? Go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you asking? <laughs> What's your first takeaway from this film? Uh, I gotta say, I still feel like the makeup does hold up. I, th- I feel like the effects actually are still good. Uh, for some apes, I, I don't know if Helena Bottom Carter is, is the best out of all of them, but I would say... Wasn't that Paula Abdul? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she kind of, to me, she looks like Paula Abdul mixed with the Grinch, like the Jim Carrey well, that, Grinch. So it's funny mixed that... Mixed with, uh, what is it, the Rachel haircut? Yes. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the Jim Carrey Grinch because, yes, Paul Giamatti was basically Jim Carrey's Grinch. The way he spoke. Is that what you wrote? Yeah, that's what my dad wrote, too. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, the way he spoke, the way he acted, I was like, well, which came. Well, no, Jim Carrey's Grinch came came after. Yeah, this came first. Yeah. I thought that he was a combination of. He had the Grinch's voice and facial uh, characteristic, but he had the walk of Bob. Shit's Creek. I've actually never seen Shit's Creek. I, I don't know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that one nailed it. Someday nailed you'll it. get that and you'll be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> He's nailed it. What okay, so I'm I'm kinda glad that we watched uh Project X right before watching this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I made the parallels in my notes as well. Yeah. So uh we watched a, a movie last uh on our last episode, Father. It was Matthew Broderick Helen Hunt vehicle uh project x which starred matthew broderick training chimps to fly planes and matthew broderick uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah he no 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 so um the the whole point of that film is that they're training chimps to fly so i kind of had some war flashbacks of project x at the very beginning of this film where on the space satellite, Marky Mark is teaching a bunch of these monkeys to fly. I don't even know what they're doing. Wait, wait, is it, is, it a, is it a bunch? I always thought it was just one. No, no, no. There's like a whole crew of CGI, really bad CGI they, chimps. They just, they just, they really focus just on uh, Pericles, though. Just on that one. Yeah. Right. Because I guess but he's the one were, who's getting it. Right. But there was a ton of them in cages that were all being tested as well. So, yeah, so this one starts out a, a little bit different than the 68 classic where we've got a space station and an electromagnetic storm and uh they launch pericles out into space to check out this electromagnetic storm and then marky mark who's full-on say hi to your mother for me oh in yeah. this movie decides that he's going to get into his spaceship and fly after the chimp and uh, then we land onto the planet of said apes. I believe those spaceships were actually recreations of the 1975 Gillette Razor, electric <laughs> razor. It's the same shape and style as those razors. Pretty sure. But I just wanted to add that. Okay, good. Um, uh, now I have got to look him, it up. Right. We've got Marky Mark in the space pod saying never sends a monkey to do a man's job there's a lot of great one-liners I, in this I don't one think you got that correct I oh i'm sorry never send a Wahlberg to do a monkey's job oh you're right that's what it is 
Well, I will say this, though. The, the one real chimp in this film did a lot better acting at the beginning of this film than Marky Mark does in the entirety of it. I got to say, yeah, so Mark Wahlberg, not the best actor, at least not at this time, right? What? Yeah. Hot not, take. Not, the, not the best actor in the world. Um, I will right. say. Every... Not a good person either, probably. No, yeah, we, we know this. We know this part already. Um, we do? We know this part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I will say. Oh, every... oh, hold on. Hmm? Two questions, though? Yeah. Okay. So in the movie. When they're on the spaceship, if that's what you call it, um, <laughs> all the uh, staff members are wearing uh, like a headset with a microphone. Do you recall this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and all of their uh, headsets have the microphone on the left side of their faces, except for Monkey Mark, who has this on the right side of his face. What's the significance of that? <laughs> That's a very good question, Joe. You would definitely know the answer to that. Uh, so the sound that comes out of uh, Marky Mark's mouth uh, only resonates on his right side. Interesting. So he's left-eared? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, good. That was a very good note. Um, Joe, what were you about to say? Oh, I was about to say, yes, while, while uh, Mark Wahlberg is not. The best, and I, I I made a big note about this too. Is that you know he's definitely doesn't have that manliness that Heston has in this movie. No, not at all. Um, but the other actors like um, machismo. <clears throat> yeah, there we go. The machismo. Uh, oh man, why can't I remember his name now? Uh, Michael Clark Duncan. I actually thought Michael Clark Duncan was was giving it his all, and uh, Tim Roth. I actually thought was like like I thought the the other people were really trying to give it their all though like they were working <laughs> you know what i mean really i thought I, that I they thought... were working and they I, were I'm working gonna... hard <laughs> what's the name of the uh, army general that was michael clark Duncan. no 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 oh, no. oh. Smaller, like tim Fade. ross i just wrote all their real names i don't Fade. really remember I didn't general fade general yeah. fade did you know he was also a dentist <laughs> gives Marky Mark a full examination. He does, and he asks about right, his soul. Yeah. His soul, <laughs> and, he, and he takes an x-ray of it, I believe. I, I don't know if he did that. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, he did? He might have gotten up to it, Brandon. Okay, that, that must have been it. I, you're throwing me off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel, Andrew? How does yeah, it right. feel? Uh, <laughs> so one of the, the first things that we have is when... Uh, I, I want to talk about when Marky Mark first sees the the apes it's so anticlimactic like they literally just pan and show an ape like yes. in the original film you don't see an ape for like the first 20 25 minutes and the build-up is there and you see them kind of attack the ancient civilization or the civilization of humans and still the reveal is a slow reveal and then there's that startling look of an ape and then charlton heston kind of going a little bit mad mm -hmm. um Marky Mark sees it, and he's just like, oh, gotta run. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to that. Um, and then, of course, the first line that uh, Clark Duncan says to him is, take your hands off me, you dirty, stinking human. I feel like they're just trying to hit all the notes, but it's really, really boring. 
yeah, it's out of tune. It's it's just not it does not hit the mark, I think, on anything. It does not hit the marky mark on anything. No, I was waiting for it. I knew you were saying it and I was like, it's gonna come. Yeah. And then we get Marky Mark gets taken away uh to be sold as a human slave by Paul Giamatti. By the Grinch. Right, by the Grinch. And all humans can talk in this version. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what makes them different than the apes, other than that they don't have houses. I think the difference is that they all speak English. Well, no, everyone speaks English. Yeah, all of them. All right. The uh, humans and the apes, which I find fascinating, that they all speak the same language. <laughs> like, where did they go to school? Ape school. The humans as well? Yes. Oh, okay. No, the humans okay. don't go to any school. I, I fell asleep at that point. I kept going. But the humans are very articulate and have full feelings and everything. They're not like the primitives that were in the original series. I mean, this is also true, and I, I, I did, I, for some reason, for that totally slipped my mind from when I originally saw it, and I'm like, watching it now, and I'm, oh, they're, they're not going to talk, and then all of a sudden, uh, oh my Chris god, Christopherson. Chris Christopherson, thank you, um, Chris Christopherson goes, no, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, hold up. Yeah, It. I think it dilutes the entire dichotomy between the apes and the humans. And I, I think what was... I guess kind of getting at there was like, Oh, please. Yeah. I don't know. Tim Burton was really just trying to, <laughs> was really just trying to touch down on the slavery aspect of things rather than yes. Yeah. I think that's what he was, he was more going for with that. Okay. I think he was trying to build a bigger house, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, and then um, you've got, uh, Helen Bottom Carter, who is in love with Marky Mark. Oh yeah, she is. Bonham. Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul. Sorry. Yeah, she's like in love with humans, and it's like there's a lot of like weird sexual tension between the two of them, and then there's like also like a weird ape foreplay scene. There's a lot of weird sexual. Yeah, things the Glenn Shaddock's foreplay scene that's who it was glenn Shaddix. really hurts me and when i was watching this i'm like where are all of the tim burton character actors that he usually throws in there and then glenn shaddix shows up <laughs> right that's about it yeah. um uh, music by danny elfman or no i think so yes yeah yeah i think he phoned this one in too i think it was by jenna elfman it was jenna elfman on this one okay that makes more <laughs> sense yeah he it was definitely felt like the music in this is so unoriginal like there's nothing like it sounds like the Spider-Man soundtrack if you put it underwater. <laughs> I think he was trying to build a bigger house. Oh, is that it? Build a bigger house. Okay. Um, eventually, Marky Mark escapes and they run through the ape city. For some reason, they run through everyone's house. Yes. Why? Because they're all interconnected. Uh, and he passes a group of teenage apes that are smoking a bong. Were they? I thought they were drinking. No, 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 no. That was definitely a bomb. There was a one. Of, I think one of them in the back was drinking. Sure, but they were primarily smoking a dube. Sounds accurate for two thousand and one. Right, father. What did what do the kids do these days with the weeds? I know. I don't know. <laughs> they leave. Uh, Marky Mark shows them his gun. 
his laser gun. Yeah, that was weird. Well, again, the only reason why they got, why, why I think the whole purpose of the gun was to eventually bring in Charlton Heston uh, to play Eli Roth's, Eli Roth? No, Tim, Tim Roth. Not Eli Roth. This would be a very different movie if it was Eli yeah. Roth. Tim Roth's father and teach him the ways of the gun and how powerful the gun is. And yes. How the gun is all important and to respect the gun. And then he dies because they took it from his cold, dead hands. So uh, we learned about the guns. You're having a hard time there, huh? I, this movie is so bad, Joe. This movie. <laughs> you know, I think I. You know what I think it is. I have a lot of um, nostalgia. I have a lot of nostalgia for it because it was like I saw it with my best friend. We enjoyed ourselves. At this point, I'm watching it for the camp of it too. Like I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know this is not a good movie. Um, I'm very well aware it's not a good movie. But right, I watch but you're a lot. Enjoying of... it for how bad it is. Exactly. I watch a lot of bad movies. <laughs> well, so do I, but I, I did not find this enjoyable. I, I thought... Alright, kids, let me give you my two cents. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's oh. go for it. Let, let's get Dad in here. So, we, we recognize that this is just a morality tale, right? Good and evil, things you understand that yeah. you don't understand. It's been played a million times, never quite as poorly as this, but played a million times. <laughs> what I find fascinating about the film are a couple of items. One, uh, it's it stands up to today's modernity. I mean, if you think about it, there's branding in the film, mm-hmm. just like Nexium, uh-huh. and uh, you know the whole like Keith Raniere thing. Yeah, um, Heston. I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but when he talks about the, or it looks like he's going to do the cold dead hand speech, right? He actually fist bumps the ape. Yes, uh, uh, as to say, here's my cold almost dead hand oh my god <laughs> there are several rodney king references in the movie uh, including why can't we just all get along um again just keeping up with the time so they threw that in there um i think the thing that bothered me most about the film was heston doing his marlon brando superman give me the money uh kind of activity <laughs> uh importantly i did notice that uh when marky mark uh, did assist the ape in crossing the water that he carried her on his back and then finally he got the monkey off his back (laughs) and it was at that point that her nose glowed that little heart on her nose just glowed with adoration of Marky Mark and the thing that I found uh, most informative about the film some 19 years after it was originally released is that I did stay awake for almost the entire film for the part. That's true. It was challenging at the end, but I was able to stay awake. And I would like to point out one other item, and that is Chris Christopherson, rogues scholar. Figure that one out. Is he really? <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's been in films such as Blade and Blade 2. Well, Blade 2 is at least good. Blade 2 is amazing. Blade 2 is... Uh, yeah, I, I love Blade 2. Blade 1 is not bad Guillermo either. Guillermo del Toro. But... Help me make it good in that <laughs> I got nothing. He, he wrapped it up pretty much right there. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I guess we, we can kind of skip ahead to the ending. I know there's a lot of other things we want to discuss, but 
essentially there's a big old battle for no reason and then the battle just kind of stops because the original chimp that flew out into Cimos, space shows up. has to come down from from the heavens. Right, but why did he show up right then and there? Because plot. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Marky Mark lights off uh, the jet engine fuel of his spaceship that they discover, uh, like his original spaceship um, that's made to look like the Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. or a Gillette Razor. Um, and it... All it does is just knock out a couple apes for a few seconds. Oh, that was that was before. Like his that was before. Huge, per- right, 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 right. But his huge plan is just to knock out a couple apes for a few seconds, and then when they get back up, is to attack them again. Yes. Okay, just making sure. This movie is just so boring in what it's doing, and I think it just misses the mark of anything that was clever of the original series. Oh, I agree. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. And then you get a book ending where he ends up where he thinks he's going back home, mm-hmm. but it turns out that uh, it's all apes living in modern society. The thing that really I don't understand is that Tim Roth's General Bade or whatever mm-hmm. is now replacing the Lincoln Monument. Yeah. So does that, that mean that he went back to another planet where Thade also existed, but was also there Lincoln? Because that was not Lincoln's time period of wearing suits and stuff, but that Thade was wearing a suit. It None of it makes sense. I mean, it seems like when he landed, and I remember seeing this ending in the theater being like, what, what just happened? And I, just, and I said the exact same thing again, <laughs> watching it again, of, uh, wait, wait a minute, what? Unless there is like a whole, we're going to go like Flashpoint here, and alternate timelines being created and uh the apes were around then you don't know, do that that's what i'm thinking okay well i wouldn't do that don't, and why don't think, don't think about it that hard i'm thinking about it as flashpoint your favorite storyline yeah thank you no problem uh, father flashpoint is a storyline in the comic book series the flash he fell asleep joe ah sorry Anyway, I give it two opposable thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I I did not care for uh, Tim Roth in this film. Really? Yeah, I thought he was overacting. Ah. ah. You know who I really liked? Who? Krull. Who? (laughs) Krull. Which one was that? That was the butler ape of Ari, or whatever you wanted to call That's, him. That was his position, was butler? I was very confused. I don't know what he what was. Maybe he was just was. like... Family David friend. Warner took him in? Uh, oh, yeah, after he, uh, after he was released from the military. Right. You know what I missed about this film was um, the hierarchy structure of the different types of apes. Yeah, there was none of that. They got rid of that completely. Of the gorillas being the military, the orangutans being uh, the government, and the chimps being science. Correct. Who? What kind of ape was Thade? I think he was a chimp. Nah. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm 99% sure he was a chimp. Yeah, you sure? Yeah, because he was like the same size as all the other chimps. Hmm. You know that Nova was in this? Really? Mm-hmm. She's played by Lisa Marie. 
Stop. Yeah. What? Lisa Marie Why? from oh. Mars Attacks, The Martian Girl. Um, yeah, I know. It, it's Lisa Marie Presley, yep, isn't Lisa, it? Uh, Sleepy Hollow Lady Crane. Yeah, that's Lisa Marie Presley, right? Well, that's because he used to... Was he married to her? Was Tim Burton married to Lisa Marie or, or dating her? That part I don't know. But yeah, apparently yeah, she plays... Yeah, that's why she was in everything. And then he left her for Helen Bonham Carter during this mm, film. Yeah, she plays Nova, but I'm not sure... I think she's the, the, the lady ape who's with... Uh, Glenn Shaddix. No, no, no. That's Lita. That's Eileen Weisinger. Okay, so you remembered way too much. No, I'm on IMDb. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> I had to go to IMDb. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I'm not sure who she was as Nova. Nova was definitely not a human in this one. I don't think she. You know who she might have been. You know the friend of of Helena Bonham Carter that was right at the beginning. Yeah, that had nothing other to do other than... Let's um, say, come on, let's get out of here. That might have been... Nova. Nova. Great, great, great reference. Potentially. Why didn't they do a sequel to this one? Because it probably didn't make enough. Asked and answered. I'm sorry, what's that, Father? I think you've answered your own question. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you know how much... Do you know how much it cost for him to make this movie? How much? $100 million. Oh, do you know how much it made in its opening weekend in July two thousand and one? Sixty-eight million five hundred thirty-two thousand nine hundred sixty dollars. That's not good. Yeah. No, it's not. On a hundred million, that's bad. That's first week. First weekend. How much did it make worldwide? Total uh, box you have numbers? your your gross USA was one hundred eighty million. That's still not little, good because that does not count million. advertising. Then your cumulative worldwide gross was three hundred sixty-two million two hundred eleven dollars and seven hundred uh, two hundred eleven thousand seven hundred forty. It's a big return, everybody. Okay, my father's saying it's a big return. He's he's being quiet. <laughs> they made a lot of money. They bought a big house. Okay, thank you. <laughs> What's with the Jerry Lewis? <laughs> Lady. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I think you kind of know then where we stand on this one, Joe. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. I, I think we should definitely do uh, another episode with your buddy that you originally saw this with. Yeah, I want to uh, see what he has to say now. I feel like he hasn't watched it since. On it now. Okay. Like, he, he has not watched it since. I'm, I'm fairly certain of that. Something that we typically talk to uh, our guests about, Father, is um, would they go back and watch any further Planet of the Apes after seeing the movie that they just watched with us? Based on Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, I would run like hell out of the theater. Okay, good to know. Mm. Um, any interest in the more modern ones, the more recent ones of the last few years? Did you even know that there were more recent ones of the last few years? Wait, what? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so I can't wait to get uh, to those though. Like we're they're great. Those are legitimately good. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I remember Franco not being very good in the first one. Thankfully, he's only in the first one. But I remember John Lithgow being very good in the first one. I mean, John Lithgow is usually really good. What's that? He was in Harry and the Henderson. Yes, so he does have a history. He has a with, history uh, with with animal, you know, style movies. Human and... apes. Yeah, we should watch. We should watch that as well. I'm sure. <laughs> Would you ever go back to watch any of the original films? Let me think about that. Nah. Wow. <laughs> that was very okay. quick. Oh, do you want me to lie? Yeah. 
I mean, I would love to see all of them again in one setting at a movie theater. Oh, great. <laughs> During a pandemic crisis. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Best sleep, best sleep of your life. Yeah. Probably the last sleep of my life. Oh, my God. Ooh, dark. <laughs> Joe, do you have uh, any, any questions? Because we don't typically get to uh, interview someone. Uh... <laughs> like your movie. <laughs> No, no, no. We, we've had quite a few where people have not liked movies, um, but we don't usually get to interview someone who's had this much time on the planet. Cut. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not nice. I don't know. We're usually making references to the 80s and the 70s, so it, it's yeah, good I mean, that we now have teenagers. Not your time. No. Um, oh, Jesus. I met him. I met him. He was, he was your camp counselor, right? Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Father? Uh, Marky Mark, his history, anything like that? No, I mean, I could go into the whole racist analysis of it, but that's not, <laughs> others have already done that. It's not necessary. I mean, I, I think the sad part of the movie is that the story, the tale itself, is just a good morality tale about encountering something that you don't understand and taking revenge upon it because you don't understand it. And the world is kind of in that condition today, particularly in the U.S., uh, where we don't understand the other side. And the unfortunate part of the movie is it doesn't really make any attempt to resolve how best to communicate with those things you don't understand. So I find that unfortunate. And that's my analysis. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Look at that. Age prevails. Once again. Wisdom. Wisdom of the ages. No. Sure. As, uh, <laughs> as Andrew knows from one of our prior comments that we've gotten, we're just... Uh, oh, yeah. We're just a couple of millennials. We're just a couple of millennials who know nothing. Yeah. That was one of our reviews. We don't, we don't hold the grudge. Nope. Was that you? Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, Boomer. Uh, wait, that's a no, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, that's what he told me to say. Yeah, that's what the kids are t- saying. Yeah, that is what the kids say, say to me. That's what the kids say to you. Hey, get off my lawn, you kids. Oh, it, it is late. It is, yeah. Why are they, they setting fire? Oh my god, <laughs> Joe, you got anything else uh, on, on this film that you want to discuss? Any notes? Any went over the things that I that I thought were okay like I like I said I thought the makeup was good and I actually really enjoyed uh Michael Clark Duncan I do there are some of the actors in there that I like and once again I'll say it again Krull the guy who played Krull is uh, he I really like that actor Nick Krull No 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 not Nick Krull um so Dave Krull not Dave the Krull either singer of the Foo Fighters no, I got it I'm talking okay. about the movie Krull Ed? No. <laughs> The movie, oh, yeah, okay. the movie right. Crawl with uh, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, you like a nice crawler. Yeah, yeah. No, so the guy who played the Butler Gorilla. Who gonna, is that? His name is Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, and oh. I really like that guy because he's in the original Mortal Kombat from 1995. And <laughs> the movie or the game? The movie. Okay. The movie. Um, or the game the, based off of the movie. The, yeah, wait, no, the movie based off the game. Okay. 
Yeah. Are you following this? Okay, he's just shaking his head yes. See, there we go. All right. Cool. Um, I actually really like, and I, I like David Warner. Like, th- So there's actors in here that I really enjoy, too. And I'm sure, you know, if we can actually get Tom on here. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll be a completely different. There, there uh, might be a completely <laughs> different different scope of things. Different Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Like I said, he has not watched this since 2001, I don't think. Neither had I. So actually, neither had I. So. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was dreading this one. You watch it every other weekend, right, Father? That's why you're always uh, asleep. No, oh. that's why you're always asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we want to thank you for doing this. Uh, I know. That, do I get paid now? No, Andrew. You said you were going to pay him. Nope. I never once said that oh, ever. Oh my god! You said like there would be a green room with food and chicks. That's what you told me. I never what was that. <laughs> Wait a minute. What was that? Food and what? Chicks. <laughs> like dames. Dames? <laughs> oh my god. I love that he's used. Uh, I was waiting for broads to come out. <laughs> All right. Well, um, usually at this point, we ask uh, our guests Guess to leave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if there's anything that they can plug at the moment, do you know what that means? Plug. Yeah. Do you want to plug anything? Oh, yeah. I have a new album coming out. Okay. It's going to drop on Tuesday the 15th. Uh-huh. It's called uh, Get Them All They're Hot. Great. Uh... <laughs> what, what on earth would I plug? Your social well, media. Listen. Uh, well, we have a big event coming up on Thursday. Okay. It's a little something we call Thanksgiving. All right. There'll be food and dance and virtual parades, exciting time. This this will be airing on. I would love to invite okay. you all, but there's a pandemic. Will you will you have at least one single from your album playing on Thanksgiving? It's a new single, and it's called "All Day Long." All right, all right. I don't, I don't, I don't know what he's talking. I'll about. be listening to this. He recorded it for me. I did. Yeah. Man. All day long. All day long. All day long. And I'll be playing it all day long. Okay. Nice. Well, <laughs> I have some appearances coming up. I plan to be at a at the funeral parlor <laughs> some years from now. Come see me. There'll be lots of laughs, good times, and uh, maybe some food. Not like you have here, no food. So, Joe, Thomas, we both watched uh, the Planet of the Apes Tim Burton re- reboot, you know, as we typically do. Thomas, we, we always have you on to discuss, uh, you know, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. I think a lot of our, our listeners definitely know that. Um, quick, quick, uh, quick thoughts. Planet of the Apes. Tim Burton. Uh, well, you know, in, in my recurring segment on Tim Burton's mm-hmm. uh Planet of the Apes. You know me, I'm always singing its praises. The cinematography, the acting, uh, the gaffer work is just ex- just exquisite. Um, it has, I think, of all the movies I've ever seen, it's got my favorite um, best boy grip. Uh, I don't know if you're... That's, <laughs> that's high praise. Know, yeah, that is, really yeah is. That's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, wow. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Timmy Shackleton, but he's in the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Boy Grip, just 
fine work from Timmy. I don't know where he is these days, but if he's listening, um, keep gripping. Funny you say I, that. Timmy Shackleton will be on next week's episode. All right. Tell him, tell him keep gripping. <laughs> tell him to get a grip if it, if it will. Good night, folks. <laughs> uh, but, but seriously, though, um, we, we've had this discussion um, with uh, our previous guest in the segment, my father. Um, Thomas, what are you, what is your history with Planet of the Apes, the Tim Burton version? Uh, you know what? The series in general. All right. Um, well, as your listeners are probably actually familiar with, I've never been on this show before. Um, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, You've always been here. Yeah. I, You've broken the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I almost spit out my water. I'm also mostly unfamiliar with the franchise. I've mm-hmm. I've seen bits and pieces of the original. I've seen the the first movie in the newer series of uh, reimaginings with uh, mm-hmm. James Franco, um, mm-hmm. and I think I saw the sequel. Is that, okay. uh, but I I can't tell you what the names of them are. I can't tell you what the plots are. <laughs> I can't even, t- I can't tell you other than that. James Franco is in the first one. Um, and Draco Malfoy was in the first one. Uh, yes, I can't tell you anything about them. Yeah. He basically, oh, yeah. he played Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Uh... And he, he gets like all the, all the Charlton Heston lines. They give him like all the Heston lines to, to recite. Yes. I forgot. Yes. He um, was the scummy zookeeper. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. He's, he's a, um, Brian Cox's son, for some reason, in that movie. Yep, yep, yep. Um, probably because they're both British. <laughs> Is Brian Cox British? He's something. Anyway, <laughs> he's like he's, he's something. Got that, like that, he's got like that mid-Atlantic, uh, um, like uh, dialect. Yeah. But mid-Atlantic is fake, so I don't know. It's like that Fraser dialect. Like it's not a real thing. Brian Cox was uh, born in Dundee, Scotland. Was he really? Now mm-hmm. he's a very good actor. But he's very uh, good. I love Brian Cox. Do you do you watch? Uh, 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 <laughs> this is completely going off the rails now. <laughs> three minutes in. Um, do you watch Succession? <laughs> I've, I've not. <laughs> he's fucking great in it. Uh, that's all I got. That's all. He's also all right, good night, everybody. <laughs> he's also very good in the ring. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, and X Men too. He ah, uh, you stole that, it from me. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and Rushmore. All right. Anyway. Oh my God, uh, I love him in Rushmore. Do you want me to get back uh, to talking about? Uh... No, I say let's just keep going with Brian Cox. Uh, Manhunter. Uh, he's not the best Hannibal Lecter, but he's a good Hannibal. <laughs> he's certainly not the worst. Exactly. Actually, has there been more than two? No, I guess there's been three, yeah, and they're all good. So, yeah, damn, that's tough. He might actually be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Thomas, uh, <laughs> let's get back to Planet of the Apes. Yeah, uh, so I I have not really had much exposure to the series, um, but I do remember vividly seeing this remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, with Joe in uh, mm. New City uh, Cinemas or whatever it was called back then. Oh, yeah, it was New City Cinemas. Cinema uh, 6. Cinema 6. Um, 
which I don't know if where's that. Who are you asking? <laughs> I guess both of you. Where is it's that? in <laughs> it's in New City, New York, um, or it was. Rockland I don't know County. if it's still there. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Um, All right, I'm from upstate, uh, okay. so I don't gotcha. I don't know this. I don't know this stuff. Um, <laughs> it's three hours away from you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember I remember seeing it with Joe. I remember enjoying it as a kid, um, mm-hmm. but. I don't think I saw it since then until tonight because I just watched it before we started recording. Um, and I would say I had a remarkably different experience watching it this time. <laughs> okay, so you enjoyed it as a kid. Yes. And you had a different experience this time. I'm just trying to gauge where you're going with this. Yeah, um, I would say I approached it uh, with a slightly more critical lens than I did as a, 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 okay. a teenager. Um, I, before I get into the, the bits that I wasn't in love with, I will say I did have some things to like. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how in-depth you want me to get uh, as far as... Because I, I took notes. I've never done a podcast before, Perfect. but I took notes. No, that's nice. <laughs> nice. What are you talking about? You're on here all the time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> Every other week. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every other week, man. Um, yeah. No, uh... Notes are good because I think notes kind of help us direct kind of where your thoughts are on, yeah. on especially on specific things. Um, what were you, what did you remember about this movie before going into the it? The things that I remember were Mark Wahlberg being the, the, the main character. Um, uh-huh. uh, Is he? Well, the, <laughs> the one on all the, like the taglines. Right, the, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember Tim Roth being mm-hmm. being awesome in monkey makeup. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, in ape makeup? No, what's the word they don't yeah, like to use? Chimp. chimp. Chimp or ape. You don't want to say monkey. Yeah, you say monkey, that's it. You're done. You're um, out. I remember Paul Giamatti in <laughs> in ape makeup, but just looking like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> that's accurate, yeah. Um and uh, I'm trying to think of what else I remember. I remember there being a ridiculous plot twist at the end. Okay. Which I so I I mean you, you kind of you hit the basics yeah. there like you kind of. Well, what I'm wondering is if you're going to agree because in the last interview with Andrew's uh, dad, uh, we actually all agreed that Paul Giamatti was basically uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Years before. Years before, yeah, yeah. But only like a year before. Wasn't the Grinch in like two thousand and two, two thousand three? Oh, was it? I thought two thousand. I thought it was around like two thousand five. It's possible they might have just taken Paul Giamatti's makeup and put it on. (laughs) Well, I think they also took Helen Bonham Carter's makeup and put it on as well. Um, Oh, it was two thousand. Was it really? Yeah, the Grinch with with Jim Carrey was two thousand. So reverse that. They so this used, is a year later. They used the Grinch makeup and put it on Paul Giamatti, and then what? painted it brown. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> when was Pat in the Hat? Ow. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting those mixed up. So now I'm curious. That was two thousand three. Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's basically all i remember going into it okay um i think that's generally what i remembered as well yeah. um so 
because I think the three of us, we all kind of have this in common where none of us have seen this movie really since it was in theaters. Um, I definitely had not seen this movie since I saw it in theaters. I did not like it when I saw it in theaters. Um, so it's very interesting to see that you two both liked it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and where are your feelings on it now? Um, I think in the last maybe five years or so, I've tried to be less overly negative about movies that I didn't care for. And rather than mm-hmm. say, like, I hated this movie or I didn't like this movie, I go in, I try to, like, list out the things that I did like and didn't like uh, and things that, like, entertained me even if they weren't particularly good or bad. Um, right. Uh, but the thing that struck me the most about this movie is how little it resembled any other Tim Burton movie. It yes. didn't feel like a Tim Burton movie. Aside from, I made a list of things that... Uh, <laughs> nice. That actually rem- like reminded me of a Tim Burton movie. Um, but there, there was like a handful of them. And then the rest, it just felt like a studio film that they got Tim Burton. For. It f- kind of felt like an MCU movie in that like they got a big name director and then it just looked and felt like every other movie. Right. Um, not right. to say anything. Especially like, yeah. yeah. Not the same thing. No, like the early, the early MCU movies, definitely. Like they're indistinguishable from directors until, you know, they started to actually give a little leeway. Right. This is not like Tim Burton doing Batman. No. Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> like, I, I completely agree with you on that. And I think that that's why I, I didn't like this movie uh, as, as a teenager. Um, because at that point, I was really, really into Tim Burton. And uh, more than Planet of the Apes. And uh, he had just come off of, like, Ed Wood which mm-hmm. I think might be his best movie. Uh, and it's maybe the most Tim burton Tim Burton movie out there. Uh, Karloff was a cocksucker! <laughs> <laughs> nice! <laughs> <This guy> gets- <laughs> so, like... My, my <laughs> wife is in the other room like, what the hell is going on? I hope on? she's... Like, you said uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, and you said she has your headset. I really hope she's like on a Zoom call with her family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so good. <laughs> that's like a like a wes anderson thing if i ever saw one just like she's on a zoom call or like on a call with her family and you just scream out karloff was a cocksucker <laughs> um, so so yeah going from one extreme to another and then i always considered this was the beginning of the end with for my relationship with tim burton um where I really did not like this movie. And then there was kind of a fluke and he did Big Fish and Big Fish was good. Um, and then afterwards it was just downhill again. I personally, I don't think I've ever really gone out of my way to watch another Tim Burton film. Yeah, me neither. Uh, after, what was it, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, I can't even. That, I, that one that one hurt. Uh, I can't so. necessarily even think of, well, he did he did Alice in Wonderland, right? And I disliked I that didn't movie. See that heavily yeah. i really did not like that it actually kind of creeped me out a little bit <laughs> see that that's one of my favorite animated disney films so i was just kind of like eh, I, I can hold off on that I, corpse bride was okay yeah um it looks pretty like um, so but yeah like i i always felt like planet of the apes was kind of like the hint of things to come and it was just all kind of just generic and by the numbers kind of stuff. Um, 
but I think you, you, you really hit it a lot more on the head with saying that uh, it didn't even feel like Burton most of the time. Like, I think you got to this era where Burton started using C- CG, and it, it completely takes you out of that m- film magic of miniatures and sets and designs. Because, like, you, you get moments of that with, like, the Ape City sets and everything like that. But for the most part, it's just, it's very bland. It is. The, uh, I, I expect a certain level of visual uh, inventiveness when I'm watching a Tim Burton movie, even though I'm not a big fan of him for the most part. I think uh, mm. Sleepy Hollow is probably his best movie. Uh, oh, I always forget about Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, but, yeah, just watching it, like, it, everything from the beginning felt like mm. just sort of a generic early 2000s science fiction movie um and then the, the one of the things that i did appreciate was the like some of the costumes and the makeup were pretty good uh, mm-hmm. uh for particular apes not everyone some of them looked really creepy like uh helena bonham carter just looks very strange um but yeah, yeah. There was a weird. They were really trying to weirdly balance like a sexual thing with her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as well as uh, you know Glenn Shaddix's mistress or wife. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, the sex scene was very strange. Or the the. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a sex scene. Yeah, the foreplay <laughs> was very weird. Uh, yeah, you know, and the yeah, the best I, part is like whoever's listening may not have ever seen this, and when you just say the <laughs> sex scene in a Planet of the Apes movie, it's like the sex scene was was odd. Although I will say it, it was one of the few moments throughout the movie where it's like this might be like Tim Burton's vision. Right. No, I totally get that because like there's the there's that weird sexual chemistry throughout all of like the Batman films and stuff like that. Does like kind of playing with that uh, taboo, mm-hmm. but this was getting a little too out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the the foreplay scene literally is so unnecessary. Like it doesn't provide anything other than a laugh. Yeah, I think it's what I think that's what they were going for with it. I probably laughed at it too. Right, that's what I mean. Like, it, it was definitely, like, a, a cheap shot. You know, oddly enough, I don't even recall finding a chuckle out of that scene. Uh, I Like, I remember enjoying the movie as you did. You know, we sat there, and I think we left the theater kind of like, yeah, you know, that was that was good. Like, yeah, like yeah. I, I feel like I remember leaving the theater and being uh, being like that with you where, where it's just, man, you know, that was, that was a pretty good movie. I would, I would watch that again. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the bar that I had to – or that the movie had to cross for me. It was just, was it, did I come out saying, yeah, I could I'll watch that again. You know, it was no, it was no The Mummy seeing that, no, you know, no. five times in the theater. I saw it seven. Whoa. You saw it seven times? Whoa, wow. Seven times. I saw that five times. But you saw it seven. That's amazing. Is that the most you've ever seen a, a film in the theater? Like uh, a singular film, not like film in, in general? Uh, <laughs> I've only seen I've seven seen movies. Seven movies in my life. One of and them, the mu- and it was all the Mummy. It was it, it was seven times or six times Mummy, one time Planet of the Apes. <laughs> nice, um, I get it. I think uh, the Mummy and the Force Awakens are both tied at seven. I don't think I've seen anything more than okay. that. Okay, I think 
Spider-Man 2 might take the cake on mine. I was just literally talking to someone on Twitter about this earlier today. Because they're like, oh, I think they mentioned Force Awakens was their most. And I was like, Spider-Man 2, I vividly remember seeing it in the theater, like, the day it came out. And then, like, the next day went, like, during the day with some friends. And then that night, someone called me up and was like, hey, did you see Spider-Man 2 yet? And I was like, no. (laughs) So, like, I saw it twice in one day. Like, and then I just kept going back, like, every time someone wanted to see it. I was like, yeah, I could see that. Um I don't know. There's just something about that movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, funnily enough, not to get sidetracked, but I was just joking with Joe before we started recording. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a running gag with a friend in New York um, that I want to start my own podcast called. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, maybe I shouldn't talk about it because I, I don't want anybody else to have the idea. I'm not going to do well, it. Well, no. If you say, if you say it here first, it's proof. That's true. So I. That's also do, true. Yeah. I want to do the Spider-Man Two by the Minute podcast. Oh my God! Yes, uh, it's, it's literally in like my top five movies of all time. Um, Joe, I've got a great idea for a podcast, <laughs> and I just want—I want there to be a hundred and twenty minutes or a hundred and twenty episodes where every mm. episode I just talk about one minute of Spider-Man two at a time. Oh. Can I? Can I be a guest on the Read Her Poetry minute? You can. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever that means. Way too much. <laughs> Read her poetry. I've been reading poetry lately. Whatever that means. <laughs> God, I love it. Oh, that's it's amazing. So yeah, let's just talk about Spider-Man 2 for the rest of this. Um, well, you know, speak, yeah, I was going to say. For Spider-Man 2. Yeah, speaking of, spi- speaking of uh, you know, things to bridge it back, Danny Elfman. <laughs> yeah, one of the, so on my list of Burton-esque elements... I'll I'll just mm-hmm. list them off now so you guys can uh, we can get mm-hmm. on other things. The music number one, but mm-hmm. by that metric, then Age of Ultron is also a Burton movie, so that's not really, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really qualify. Um, the first or like after the credits, the first shot is big eyes. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that was intentional or not, but uh, Michael Clark Duncan eyes, uh, I believe. Uh, some retro space designs. I feel like he's kind of in the like the fifties and sixties. Yeah, it was stuff. very like, very like slick, clean, futuristic space designs. Uh, yeah. The two the two scenes of comedy uh, that I can remember are the sex scene and then Giamatti upside down rubbing like rose petals. <laughs> um, yeah, both felt Try very very uh, Tim Burton to me. Yeah, uh, and then the scarecrows. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, well, the scarecrows are from the original film. Yeah. Um. So that that's like one of the few like actual full on oh. nods to the original film was that the scarecrows were on the outside telling people to stay away from the forbidden zone, mm-hmm. which in this was the holy land or whatever the hell they were calling it. Um. So that was like a legit actual callback where I forgot that that was in this movie. And I was like, oh, that's actually from the original Did film. Did they look like Other that? than everything else. Yeah. Oh. Like, they legitimately, like, they really got that well, I thought. And I thought it was really kind of out of place because of how associated it is with the with the original film. <laughs> but it is a very Burton-esque design and style and everything. I mean, um, we usually do this at the end of the show, but I highly recommend, like, you should go back and watch 
the original Planet of the Apes with uh, with Charlton Heston and yeah, like, at, at least the original. Yeah, I would I really like I, highly recommend doing it. I feel like I can't say that I was on a Planet of the Apes podcast if I've never seen you. No, no, you right. you can. <laughs> <laughs> that's we've, that's we've the point. Many. That's the we've point of this whole thing. Yeah, is we we want people <clears throat> that have never really experienced Planet of the Apes to, to be on here, um, because. I find it interesting that this is a series that has lasted so long and has had such success throughout multiple iterations, yet it's one of those series that if you ask someone off the street, oh, have you ever seen Planet of the Apes? They'll be like, no, but I know the ending. (laughs) It's one of those, it's just one, it's like Psycho. I think most people know Psycho by now. But has everyone seen it? Like, I, I mean, I have, and I'm sure you guys have. But That's the one directed by Gus Van Sant, right? Yes, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> it's probably, like, my favorite. Uh, who? What's that guy's name from Swingers? That guy. John Favreau? John Favreau, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it's definitely his best film. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, Gus Van Sant. Um <laughs> Yeah, let's let's. You know what? That would have been interesting if Burton had done a shot-for-shot remake of the original Planet of the Apes. In his style, yeah, I mean, it might have. It would have actually looked cool. It, it would have. It would have been kind of neat if he had done that. Right, because for as terrible as, as Gus Van Sant's Psycho is, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Am I? Am I the? Am I the only one on that one? <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen it. I. I I vividly remember shots from his version. I vividly remember being bored, being like, I've seen this movie. <laughs> um, but I, I do remember like it, it being very like uh, stark in contrast with color, um, which I think uh, is even more in contrast to the original film. Um, but that said, yes, uh, Planet of the Apes is very good. <laughs> <laughs> this begs the question, though, how much did the Fox studio... Like how much involvement did they have uh, in you know in Tim Burton uh, making this movie? Like, if you, right. I mean, this. I'm sorry. Go on. No, if you go back to you know, we watched that documentary, Making Apes, right? And the studio was kind of, kind of really against making Planet of the Apes. They didn't want to make it because they thought it was a weird concept and like they were you know not looking to put that much money into it. And then it became this huge success. And then when a studio approaches Tim Burton or Tim Burton maybe has the idea to redo this whole thing, like how much of the studio had their hand in there? That's what you have to really wonder. Oh, yeah. I mean, from the end of the original five films up until this one in 2001, that's a huge gap. And, you know, they, they were trying to remake. They were trying to do like a remake and stuff going all the way back to like the 80s with like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would have been amazing. Point. Wow. I want to see that movie. Was he going to play an ape? Uh, oh. oh. I think he was going to be like the the dude probably shooting them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at all of these apes over here. We have to get out of here. Right. <laughs> get to the ape. <laughs> God. <laughs> and um... <laughs> I just want to run down a list of directors that were attached to Planet of the Apes before Tim Burton. 
you had Oliver Stone, Chris Columbus, Sam Hamm, James Cameron, Peter Jackson, and I don't know who the Hughes brothers are. Um, <laughs> who are the Hughes, <laughs> Hughes brothers? Um, oh, they did like Dead Presidents and Menace to Society and stuff. Uh, oh, the Book of Eli and From Hell. Oh. Uh, so those guys. So there was a ton of people attached to this film. For years, it was just in development hell. And then this is the movie that gets made. And it's, I think it's definitely heavily involved from uh, studio, I don't know. Meddling. Involvement. Yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so by the numbers and nothing really happens in it. And there's no real climax other than ape foreplay. <laughs> oh, uh, I wouldn't say that was a climax at all. There's but, no uh, well, climax. We were not watching. We were not watching the same movie. <laughs> There's no climax other than from Glenn Shaddix, right? Oh, uh, Thomas is, is That's maybe Glenn Shaddix in your notes for uh, Tim Burton because uh, I, he's I, he's I, one of his staple players. I was gonna say I looked up yep. the cast after I watched the movie, and uh, he was in um, Beetlejuice, right? Yep. Yes, yeah. he was Odo. Yeah. Uh, he's also the mayor in Nightmare. Oh, Christmas, that's right. Yep. And uh, he's the priest in Heather's, but that has nothing to do with Tim Burton. <laughs> I always think of him saying Eskimo. He's also in uh, Dunstan Checks In. <laughs> yes, which we watched as well on this podcast. Probably um, my favorite episode of the podcast. Oh, oh, thank you. Hey, Joe, we have a listener. Woo! <laughs> the one. <laughs> listener, you're on the line. Uh, <laughs> the one listener. Other than the guy who wants us to visit other planets. Yeah, well, that guy. <laughs> that guy's with it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I agree. Like, it, there, it's, it's a Tim Burton film, but it doesn't feel like one. It feels very shallow, I think. Um, I don't know. So, what were your thoughts on Marky Mark? Um and the monkey bunch. Do you remember do you remember earlier in the podcast when I said that I try to approach movies not from not not from like a I hate this perspective. Right. But yeah, well to, I lied about that. Trying to find the nuances. Um Oh god. Well, that's like like what are the nuances of paint? Yeah, uh so for Wahlberg, uh he's just terrible in everything. And uh yes, I think I agree. I think he should not be allowed to be in any movie ever. <laughs> this movie to me and I, I don't remember if I said this in the in the other segment Joe so I apologize if this is again but this movie to me felt like every time Mark Wahlberg was in a shot like on the, uh, it was like his first time ever being on a set in a movie. <laughs> you, d you didn't say that last time because okay. he looks so confused by everything happening around him like are these people in costume why is that light over there should I look up this way? Oh, hey, how you doing? Um, Am I in a movie? Right. The entire time to me felt like... I think this is a Transformer. Um, oh, no, wrong movie. Right. Do you remember uh, The Happening? Nope. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, and everyone always like made fun of him for being like, oh, no, what, what about the bees? Like, this was that well before The Happening. Like... He's literally just a blank slate looking around, very confused. Yep. Um, 
So that's all I have to say about Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> you know, that being said, uh, okay. there's one movie that he does that I actually really enjoy. And I think it's because of the cast of characters that are around him. Good Vibrations is not a movie. It's not. It's, it's not a, that. It's a hit single. It's, it's <laughs> not that. It's not that. Is it uh, The Departed? It is. Well, that movie's really good, too. Uh, <laughs> he's terrible in it, yeah, though. He, he, he really ruins every you know, That movie's good. I'm talking about a movie called Four Brothers. I actually really like that movie. I, I, I liked I enjoy that. I liked the prequel, Three Brothers. Ah. <laughs> I liked the movie Brother Bear. Yeah, I liked <laughs> Four Brothers and a Bear. <laughs> I like old brother, where art thou? Oh, (laughs) and that's why we're friends. Four brothers and a little lady bear. It was not as good of a sequel. (laughs) Oh, Thomas. uh, So I brought this up in the last interview. (laughs) By the way, there I have one favorite character in this. (laughs) And oh, can uh, we we do a three, two, one, and say it at the same time? Ah man, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's gonna I don't know if it's gonna work, but okay. Well, I don't. Oh, so I don't know the character's name. I'm gonna say the actor. All right, hold on. I have I have I have a hard time pronouncing his name when I don't when I'm not looking at it. Okay. Oh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I'm just gonna say it. All right. All right. Okay. I'm I'm also going to say it. Okay. Ready? Somebody counts out. Are we saying it on one or are we saying it on go? After one. So it'll be three, two, one. Name. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa. Carrie yeah. <laughs> Tagawa is. Did we all say James Franco? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we, me, me, and Thomas said uh, said Tagawa like I said in the last interview. He plays Krull, the the butler ape. Former general. Yeah, former general turned butler ape. Uh, so yeah, yeah. That's, I was... that's the first note that I have with things I liked. Uh, it's Kerry Tagawa, and he was my favorite in 2001, and he's my favorite now. The only difference is that I didn't know it was Shang Tsung in 2001. Right? Uh, shit, I should have. I really should have said Chris Christopher. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. God damn it. <laughs> Whistler himself. Criminally yeah. underused in this movie. Very much so. Uh, he's, there's no point of him in this he movie. He shows up, uh, he says, don't be afraid, and then he dies. He has another line. He says no. <laughs> right, which is an ape line. Um, <laughs> no, oh, you so, know what? Yes. Yeah, that's a reference uh, to the older film. Well, um, I just laughed like I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my biggest problem, I think, with this movie, besides everything, is uh, the use of humans. Um, so the humans in, in this diverge drastically from the humans in any other version of Planet of the Apes up until this point. Um, the humans can talk in this, and they can think, and they have emotions and feelings and everything. So, like, they're fully formed and developed and, and fully evolved humans. So why are they beneath the apes? Thomas, your thoughts? Oh, that, was, that, that wasn't rhetorical. <laughs> no, I think it was rhetorical, but like I'm, I'm very confused at the hierarchy of this. Is I, I get that apes are, are stronger and everything like that, but humans are like just as capable. But they're cool with like being traded as slaves and stuff like that throughout this entire film. I don't well, know if you, cool Andrew, you might be missing the, uh, the, the point here. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm giving this movie too much credit, and I think it's something that it does poorly, but I think it is trying to much, I'm assuming like the previous movies, it's like an allegory for racism and... Oh, uh, totally. Right, right. So I could see what they're trying to do. I think that uh, it's... Uh, I can... I can see what they're trying to do as well, but it, it it doesn't come across as effective as the previous films in the series because in the previous films the humans in the first two films can't talk. Um, they're treated like animals. They kind of act like animals, and it's a reversal of you know, man is better than than animals. But then when Heston arrives on the planet of the apes, he's all like, oh no, like. The animals are better than man when it comes to this, and he's got to prove it to them that, you know, he is just as valued as they are. Then the series takes a turn in the later half of the original series, and we get to see the rise of the apes as the animals versus the humans who are in charge. And I feel like you're, again, playing with that dynamic of racism, of class system, of everything like that because you're fighting against um, animal nature. Whereas in this, everyone's just kind of acting like humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, And that just completely ruins the the aspect of of it to me. It's not like people are like mutants or anything like that and, you know, they're, they're hated and despised by and feared by those that don't understand, they just legitimately just don't like humans and just put them in cages. But like the humans are like kind of accepting of it. I think it's because these humans don't have the technology to fight back. But neither do the apes. True, but they also haven't learned how to make weapons. The these humans. I don't know. They they all seem like they're they're pretty ready to fight at the the big battle at the ends. They're all pretty ready to attack with their spears and shit. And yeah, I think w whether their decisions were intentional or not, uh, or I don't know what they were trying to do, but uh, a movie directed by Tim Burton with a bunch of people in varying degrees of successful ape makeup is probably not the right place for like a <laughs> a, a racial slavery sort which, of allegory. Right, which you wouldn't think, but in 68 it worked. So that's why I'm like kind of surprised how in a more modern film they they can't come across that. Whereas I know you've mentioned that you only saw the first of the of the new trilogy <laughs> or, or that you may have seen you got the one so I don't really remember it. That deals a lot harder with like class systems and acceptance than anything Burton even attempted to do, and that was with the CGI monks, apes. So I don't know. I, I just find it really interesting how much he kind of missed the mark. I wonder if it has anything um, to do with the time period that the movies were. It could, I mean, like, yeah. It, the '60s were a pretty tumultuous time, and then mm -hmm. the early 2000s, everybody had really questionable taste in music and fashion but you know this was it probably came out before 9-11 it, it seems oh, i don't know it doesn't uh, I, seem I, like there was as many uh 
Uh, no, it uh, it did. Yeah, it came out in July of that year. Yeah. I don't remember the early 2000s clearly, but it doesn't seem like it was quite the uh, socially conscious time that the 60s were or the time that we're living in. We were we definitely kind of hit a lull of um, kind of pushing boundaries, I think, uh, especially within blockbusters at that time. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, someone can look at me and be like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally applicable. I mean, listeners, please put something one, in the comments. We, we, I would love to know about the pushing yeah, of the boundaries. Early, yeah, what early two thousands blockbuster was built on, kind of, um, you know, pushed forward thought. <laughs> so it wasn't this. Um, <laughs> I'm, I am going to get whoever does leave comments. If somebody is going to destroy me in the comments. <laughs> Because there are definitely movies in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, so, I mean, just even looking at early 2000s, you've got movies like Aaron Brockovich, American Psycho. Uh, I'm talking like blockbusters. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like Gladiator. I would, I would consider... <laughs> Again, I'm talking blockbuster. <laughs> Memento. <laughs> Wet Hot American yeah. Summer. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> okay, that one pushes the boundaries, so... <laughs> Boundaries of a great big pizza party. Um, yeah, I don't know. So what did, uh, Thomas, what did you think about the ending? Let's just let's just go for it. Um, I'm as confused by it today as I was 20 years ago or whenever. Yeah, I'm there. I get it and I don't. So there's, first of all, I really hate the, the moment where Pericles, the, the chimp at the beginning of the film, just happens to land during the big battle. Um, and look, he happens to land exactly at that right time during the big battle. Uh, something that really bothers me that I, I don't think I mentioned in the previous segment either, Joe, was uh, I was very confused why Pericles, the chimp, was packed with a gun no, no, you did. in you, his spaceship. You brought that up. I did up. mention that. Yeah, you brought that up. Oh, it bothers the hell out of me. <laughs> I think it, uh, it was another uh, ill-conceived point that they were trying to make about humanity Guns. being... But I think that this film is very pro-gun because I think that's the only way that they can get Heston in here uh, to talk about the importance of the gun. firearms. I found, it, yeah. I found it ironic that he was in it mm-hmm. given that... I might have blanked out when Heston showed up because I, I hate him with a passion. Um, oh. But uh, not as like an actor, but as a human being. <laughs> right, right. As right, what he's kind of still. Um, no, I Because up to that point, I feel like there were several moments where characters were saying, like, technology is bad and, and these guns are, are uh, they kind of point to man's uh, incivility. Maybe I'm getting the timeline mixed up, but so I found it odd that Heston was there in a movie that made all these comments about guns being bad, which they are, listeners. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I agree, and it, it's 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 so out of place, but it's clearly the only way they could have gotten him to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we we skip to the end where Mikey Mudd flies off in his spaceship. Heads back to Earth, 
and realizes that the Earth is kind of run by apes, but it's a modern society with apes. And then the one thing, that, like the big reveal outside of the Statue of Liberty, is that um, the Lincoln Memorial now has General Thade, played by Tim Roth, uh, as the statue. That's the point I legitimately do not get. Is like I'm cool with him ending back at Earth and it's apes or whatever. That plays back to the book. That's that's how the book originally ends. Um, but it doesn't make any sense why he was clearly on another planet, you know, in a different timeline into the far future. But then he goes back into space and back to Earth through the same storm. Why would Thade be Lincoln? Do we know that it's a different planet? I maybe it isn't, but still, why would Thade be <clears throat> Lincoln? That that like well, his his outfit that he's wearing is like eighteen <laughs> hundreds appropriate Lincoln, not what Thade was wearing throughout this movie. So I'm a little confused why. And it, they specifically point out that it's Thade is Lincoln. Like, why is he in a suit and stuff like that when he wasn't wearing any of that stuff? Back then, unless throughout this time storm, Marky Mark pushes Thade into the future? Hmm. Does that make any sense? I It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I'm very confused as to, like, they could have just left it be a random chimp. I also think you might Lincoln. be overthinking it. Am I? <laughs> I'm pretty you... sure it was... Because it says Thade. Did it say Thade? Yeah, it says General Thade. Oh. Yeah, it did. Cause it, yeah, cause Maybe I, I didn't notice it. Just watched it, and it definitely says Thade. But I'm pretty sure it was some Fox executive or whatever studio this was that just said, put a monkey head on the Lincoln statue. <laughs> and that's as much thought as they gave it. Okay. I feel like I believe um, that as as an accurate thing. Cinemablend.com published December 29th, 2014. Uh, Roth responded when asked about the ending of Planet of the Apes. I think he took over. He took control. I think the idea was when they shunted in when they shunted in time that way, he was the president of the Planet of the Apes. Brilliant, I thought. It's crazy stuff. I liked it. I had a good time making it. It wasn't the old style. It wasn't too much CG trickery. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm sipping a little bourbon, and I nearly spit my bourbon out when you read that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that is so a Tim uh, Roth interview about this movie. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, no, sir, that was an abomination. And he goes, no, that was my other role. <laughs> what other role? <laughs> Because well, he played the abomination. In oh, damn it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I did not care for Tim Roth in this movie. And I like Tim Roth. Hot take. Yeah, I uh, I could see. I'm assuming. <laughs> did you not like his sort of. It was so overacting. Yeah, he was chewing the scenery. Chewing it up like there was no tomorrow. Like. They're like, someone tells him something, and he, he just literally jumps 
from like ledge to ledge screaming yep. and then comes back down and he's like i don't like that and i'm like whoa man like take it back i'm very confused at the uh the b storyline between helen bonham carter's character i don't remember her name uh wannabe zira and um and thade like that they had a relationship in the past how like are you asking how yeah like how did those no 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 (laughs) (laughs) thank you how the hell did those two characters have a relationship because they literally have nothing in common like her entire philosophy is about how we have to protect humans and she's weirdly attracted to them. Yet, uh, Thade's whole thing is about killing them. I'm like, did they really have a relationship? It like, struck me as more of like a political relationship. Like, No, they talk about how he loved her. Oh, I zoned out at that part. <laughs> <laughs> did we lose Joe? Oh, it did get oddly quiet. Yeah. All right. Well, I I mean we we definitely lost uh, our special guest today, which is Joe. Um, <laughs> but as always, it's me and Thomas here talking about Planet of the Apes. Uh, I'm gonna up oh, his mic cut out. He has been speaking. Do you want me to pretend to be Joe? Yes. Hey Joe, uh, what's your favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger line from Planet of the Apes? Schwarzenegger line from Planet of the Apes uh, is he uh, is throwing feces at the humans Mm -hmm. because he's in like full gorilla makeup Mm -hmm. and he throws feces at um, I forget the uh, Schwarzenegger Bruce movie Uh, Bronson Charles Bronson that's right yeah he was really old it was weird right it's like in the 80s but um, yeah. Hey, you ape punk! Yeah, he he throws it really hard, and he, he just says, "Eat shit." <laughs> no, but do 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 your classic do your classic Schwarzenegger impression, Joe. Very nice, very good. I'll uh, I'll leave it to the real Joe to do the. <laughs> the oh yeah, no, he's back. All right. Well, with that, guys, uh, I think that this was a great episode. I agree. I agree with Thomas that the favorite line is "eat shit." <laughs> eat shit. Hey, you ape punk! Can I, before we end, can I point out one really, <laughs> one really neat yeah. thing? I don't even know if it was intentional, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, so we find out that all of the apes came from the space station. Right. And the space station had a very distinct look. And in Charlton Heston's bedroom, all of the windows looked like the space station. Oh, really? And I thought that was really cool. And I'm giving this movie way too much credit. <laughs> but I thought... No, I think what... I think what you're doing is you're giving the set designers the credit they deserve. That's true. Yeah, they probably put that in and and right. didn't ask anybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting, though. I I did not notice that. I would say I would have to go you're back and do that. that again, but I really don't want to. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. 
That said, though, uh, Thomas, would you go back and watch any of the other Planet of the Apes now? Yeah, I especially I, I know you guys want me to watch the original, but I have right. I have been interested in watching the new trilogy just because I like most of the people involved. I like Andy Serkis. I like uh, Woody Harrelson. And, Perry Russell. Uh, oh, that I saw that one because I I do like Perry Russell. Um, yeah. This guy's got. <laughs> <laughs> we should have Tom on, uh, Thomas on all the time. Our, our Felicity again, episode. Felicity episode. Again, again. Yeah, yeah I know. we're totally gonna do. Let's uh, do a Felicity episode, man. Can we do an all episode just about Zori Bliss. Oh, there you go. I'm fine with that. I'm like the one person listening right now that uh, likes the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I did not. Uh, that's. I mean, I like. I love Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, but you're the host. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I didn't care for it, but I was glad that Carrie Russell was in a Star Wars movie. She was. Re- that she saved was it for me. <laughs> that's that's sad, but that was kind of like the the one moment of the film where I'm like, oh, this is cool, and then I was like, oh, I'm not. I checked out again. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that said, though. Uh, want to thank you so much for for being on this and for uh injecting your time to watching this film it was um, a pleasure not so much the movie but <laughs> talking to <laughs> you guys uh thomas where can people find you online and what, what, what can you plug uh i am on instagram i just started well the official webcomic hasn't started that'll be launching in december but uh you guys can find me on instagram at t kovac art that's t k o v a c h art awesome i'll put that in the show notes as well um so listeners if you want to follow him it'll be right there that's wonderful uh with that everybody we want to thank you for tuning in to podcasts of the planet of the apes um you can always follow uh us online i'm at major plot flaw on both instagram and twitter and joe where the where can they find you oh you can uh... You can find me on Instagram at Voices by Joe and at Mr. J831. Okay. You can also follow the podcast on Pod Planet of the Apes at Twitter and Instagram. And as always, we want to give a huge shout out to Louis Aronowitz for providing us with our stellar theme song. You can book him at louisaronowitz.com. Father, what do you got? You can find me on AOL. Yes. .com. It's with a www. Okay, so you can find him on the AOL. As always, we're going to take it out with our classic catchphrase. Joe, take it away. You kids want to buy some aspirin? That's that's what you that's that's the, the line. That was the one I went with. Yep. Oh god damn it! How did he know what aspirin was? Yeah, I don't How know. Yeah, see, I didn't know. I that's yeah, that's why I went with it. Damn. <laughs>